0: Imagine being a sub-confessions movie. Imagine that. Although they were very popular in the mid-70s in in British films. Made a lot of money. Made Robin Asquith a star. And so, it's not surprising that there were spin-off movies. Well, really, not spin-off movies, but influenced by movies. Adventures of a Taxi Driver... Is the one I'm looking at today directed by Stanley Long. They came out in 76 of course Confessions of a Window Cleaner came out in 74 and so the Confessions movies were still going on when this came out and you know what it's a funny thing to have to say but it's not as good as the Confessions movies. Stanley Long by the way was um, He was responsible for uh, production and direction of quite a lot of what we can call in words of commas exploitation movies and things like Eskimo Nell and um, On The Game from the 1970s and he was he was uh, at the helm of the three adventures movies of which this is the first Taxi Driver, Private Eye, Plumber's Mate you know what I'm talking about so this is not as good as the Confessions movies but The plot is exactly the same really, so you've got a character who becomes a taxi driver, uh, starts with him as a taxi driver, he's an honest, hard-working young boy, wants to earn his living, his brother is a bit of a ne'er-do-well, the home situation's not good, and he wants to move out, and he moves in with his friend, who happens to be also living with with, uh, a girlfriend who's strangely enough a stripper and it's about the adventures, I adventures of a taxi driver see, that this person has. So really that's what you've got and that's similar to a Confessions movie isn't it? Except there's a bit more to a Confessions movie, you've got a little bit of a plot strangely enough and a little bit more characterization in the main character, more of that in a minute. Here, you've just got a selection of, I've got a package at the door, this woman uh, uh, arrives at the door, looks me up and down, they go in, She. the package is a dress, could you wait while I try it on? The inevitable occurs, or um, could you help me in with my packages? I can't find my way into the house. Would you go into the house? through a window and let me in. I've got all dirty now because I fall and need some paint. I need a bath. I need a bath too. Here comes my husband. That sort of thing. The real plot is that and it's all in the last 10 minutes really this. Earlier on he's been um, forced at gunpoint to drive to a certain place there's three wise guys, apparently, talking about offing a woman who they've got with her. And when they get to the place, they all burst out laughing because it's been some kind of schoolboy prank. And he has to sign a paper, does the does the cab driver, to tell them he took part in the kind of prank. Because they need to tell their friends that this has happened. So, later on, when a similar thing happens outside a jewellers, he thinks it's just a prank. However, he's driven to his friend's lockup. His friend's a mechanic. And they are real jewel thieves. And his friend and his brother are involved in all this. He's got no idea. The police come round, he gets caution, the others get arrested. End of movie. That plot is in the last 10 minutes. The rest of it is just him driving around. It's kind of Pilgrim's progress with nudity, really. So there's your basic plot. Now, it wouldn't be so bad because the Confessions movies, they really follow a very similar pattern and there is a very similar pattern with the adventures of a taxi driver. However, and I know, it's strange as it may seem again, Robin Asquith as Timmy Lee in the Confessions movies has a bit of character work. He's a Jack the Lad. But he also has a quite endearing naivety about him. He's not very good um, at, at sex or with the ladies. They tend to want to have sexual intercourse with him and he wants to have a go, but isn't very good at that and it all ends up as a disaster. He never actually manages to have sex with anybody. And really, he's a bit clumsy and likeable. And it's something, someone to whom things get done, rather than someone who takes control in any way. So actually, you have a bit of a character and sort of feel for him, really, in a way. Here, the main character is played by Barry Evans. He plays Joe North. Now, you know Barry Evans. If you're a certain age, you'll know him from, mind your language, in the late 70s, early 80s, an extremely racist sitcom. I'll just do the theme tune. ba ba doo So, you know, that is a sitcom from the UK in the late 70s, early 80s, just from that. He is a kind of fresh-faced character and he got a lot of work through the 70s and the 80s, mainly because he was a fresh-faced character and, and he got less work um, as he got, Sort of older because apparently he was still fairly fresh faced but was older so didn't get as much work really. Uh, in fact, ironically, um, he later on had to take another role and it was minicab driving. So there you go, look at the irony. Oodle funky, eh? And he died in his bedsit apparently um, from a blow to the head and people don't know why. A lot of alcohol in his blood. Some barbiturates there, but they were very old barbiturates, pre-decimalisation. This is in 1997, apparently. And nobody knows why he died. But it wasn't a very good way, it seems, to pass from this life. And he hadn't worked for quite some time. But at this time, he got a lot of work, because he's a cheeky chappy. He's a good-looking bloke. But unfortunately, what he doesn't have here is any of the naivety. So, you know, all that kind of "hello, darling stuff that was around in the 70s. And let's be honest... They are, there are some specific views here and specific moral views that don't chime with where we are at the moment, we know that. But when he's got that kind of, hello darling, how are you? It, it does seem as though he's not so... Yes, he's fresh-faced, but it, it doesn't seem to have any kind of charm to it. It doesn't seem as though he's completely guileless. It seems like he's on the make, even though he's someone who wants to make an honest book and he's an opportunist because he's thinking oh yeah I'll have a bit of that the thing with Robin Asquith is when he plays Timmy Lee he's almost he's, he's taken up in the moment and so things happen here it does seem like he knows what he's doing Joe North and so it's a bit seamy you've got Nikki, who is um, a stripper played by Judy Jason now that's not really excellent casting, because she's quite fresh-faced herself. They've worked together again and here we go, around the Mulberry bush in the late 60s. And she's sort of got a kind of fresh-faced, naive sort of character as well, really. Not ideal there. You've got Adrian Poster. This is the 70s, remember, did an awful lot of work as his loud-mouthed um, girlfriend, Carol who just comes around and takes over proceedings. His, his brother is played by Robert Lindsay, and he's been involved in the heist and all of that. You know, he's kind of more world, world-weary and worldly-wise. His mother's played by, by Diana Dawes. The whole, um, in one of her kind of, it's 1970s, I put a bit of weight on, so I need to do some frumpy roles, even though I didn't think she did. I think that, appallingly, I think that the studios and films forced her into that. And the home life is loud and horrible and there's a kid in there. It's very like On the Buses, you know? And there is another chiming with On the Buses when you've got Stephen Lewis, who plays Blakey, doing Blakey as a doorman to a strip club later on. Uh, oh go there! Uh. It's all that going on. He's playing the same part and you could do this in the 70s. Be successful with one role and you could keep playing it. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, Stephen Lewis played it even when he wasn't playing Blakey later on in Last of the Summer Wine. Now then, there are other chimings as well. This is so like the Confessions movies that you have a chaotic home life, which is like on the buses as well, of course, and, you know, the Confessions movies nicked from there as well, I'm sure. You've got a more worldly-wise bloke friend like Sid Noggett, in the uh, Confessions movies, played by Tony Booth as Tony Booth, don't know how he continued to get work. Well, he didn't after a while. However, you've got him, so he plays the so he plays the character that Robert Lindsay's around, and then he goes around playing various, seeing various women and having adventures, pretty much like Confessions. What you also get with the Confessions movies is, oh, it's him, oh, it's him. For instance, there's a scene where, you know, he gets the paint over him, you must have a bath and I will as well. And that woman is Angela Schooler, Scowler, who is in On A Majesty's Secret Service. Surprising to see her, I'd never even realized. And her husband is Brian Wilde, who of course was in Porridge as Mr. Barraclough. And in Last of Summer Wine, wonderful, and so much other stuff, wonderful actor. He comes back and finds him in flagrante So, Bally Evans' character has to go under the water, holding his breath Now there's a thing called rule of three So, you know, they talk about, they talk and he leaves, comes back So he has to go under the water again, he leaves, comes back Now, rule of three is used in comedy all the time Because that seems to be the optimum amount of time that you can play things It also works in um, speeches as well rule of three we can do it we must do it we will do it okay that's the kind of thing we're talking about here they can't even get the gag right he comes back count them five times by then she's screaming hysterically and so am I only I'm screaming rule of three you fools rule of three who else is in here? Ian Lavender is in here I expected Richard Wattis to be in here because he's, or oh, Bob Todd, Bob Todd, because the Confessions movies, no, but there you go, however, you do get Henry McGee, remember, he's Betty Hill's sidekick, and he was also in those, tell him about the honey mummy Sugar Puffs commercials in the 1970s, <laughs> he plays a policeman here, not so you'd really notice, he's playing Henry McGee, As is everybody, they're all playing themselves here. So, you know, there isn't a laugh in this, to be honest. People try hard. Brian Wilde knows what he's doing. Ian Lavender doesn't really touch the sides. Robert Lindsay's all right. Oh, Liz Fraser's in here as well, as a prostitute. Doing a bit of a... Here's an example of the gags. She uses the cab to... um, take a fare and she's performing a certain act in his lap when the character Joe North, the driver, has to brake suddenly something happens, he screams in pain it's in the centre of London so you see a big neon banner for Jaws there's the gag that's probably one of the best gags in the whole thing in fact they've not really put any gags in what they're doing is they're relying on, well, there's lots of nudity in here, and there is a lot of female nudity in here. There's, there's male nudity as well. Barry Evans is is naked from the back quite a lot of the time. Um, and, and there's kind of sexual positions, but nothing more than that in it. But I think they've relied on that, and, well, everyone knows the Confessions movies, don't they? You know, well, I know Westerns, but I don't want to... I don't want to see one with no gun firing. You know, it really isn't very good. It's probably a two and a half out of five, but it has a real kitsch value. That would be if it wasn't for the Confessions movies, which are on a rung above these adventure movies. I mean, really, to have to say that is a shock. It's an example of a British sex comedy, and it's one of our finest exports in the 1970s. There were tons of them, and I want to see more of them to find out why I liked them when I was a kid, and why I still have a warm feeling for them now. Either that, or I've just peed myself, and it could be either. So there you have it. Two out of five. Not as good as the Confessions movies, but it won't stop me watching the other two either. And you know what? You're going to have to hear about them too. Because if I have to suffer, so do you. Ta-ta!